series. Um, it's titled Aha. A H A. A H A is an acronym that Kyle Eidelman uh, uses in a book titled Aha. And um, it's a God moment that changes everything. Um, here, it's when you're to the place that the light comes on. The light comes on, and you have an aha moment. Um, it, it can change the traje trajectory of your life. It can change the trajectory of your eternal destiny. It can change the moment um, uh, that your marriage receives new life. It can be a time when it, um, this aha moment changes your spiritual condition. Um, a lot of different aha moments that we have. And we are going to uh, use it for the first uh, few weeks of our new um, community group Bible studies. Aha is the book. I, I meant to bring it so I could show it to you. Um, uh, and, and I'm going to uh, use the three main points of aha, which is awakening, honesty, and action. Uh, and the, the book has 13 chapters. The facilitators can... Uh, meet with you and your facilitator can decide if you want to do the entire book as a study or you just want to do these three studies but it's it's kicking off our new community groups and um, we hope that uh, you plan on attending one of those and if uh, if you're not signed up there was sign up sheets out um, please see Michael we can direct you when they are and where they are and or myself or, or anyone I mean Kelly uh, there, there's Mark, there's multiple people that are aware of where these are. So if you'd like to get signed up for a community group, please see someone and we'll get you in, involved. Once again, it's an acronym, AHA. It's an awakening. It's an honesty. It's a time of action. And you may want to purchase the book uh, yourself or, or get it on your Kindle uh, to follow along. But for the next three weeks... Um, from, it'll be a, sh a short series on AHA. This, as Kyle states in the book, these messages um, are not a self-help series. Um, uh, this journey actually begins with a rejection of yourself. Um, uh, yourself's offer to help you. The, the truth of the matter is um, we generally know the areas in our life that needs to change. Um, as Christians, we know our shortcomings. We know that we throw temper fits. We know that we, uh, we, we get mad and cuss like a sailor. We know that we do certain things that, that we shouldn't do. So most of the time, we know what is wrong or what needs changed in our lives. Um, if you're here and not a follower of Christ... You know you need to trust Christ at some point in time in your life. Um, uh, 
and, and we even most of the time know what we want to change. Not just do we know it's a problem, we know we want to fix this in our lives. And if self could help, then we would have all been changed a long time ago. So this is not a self-help. Uh, our diagnosis is always spot on. We're aware of, of what, what's wrong with us. And, but we find if you're a jealous, selfish, uh, obnoxious individual, you, you know it most of the time. The problem is you can't find no self-medication that seems to do the trick in fixing that in you. And so self-sufficiency, write this down, underline it, self-sufficiency seldom works in our spiritual battles. Self-sufficiency seldom works in our spiritual battles and never works, never works in salvation. You cannot save yourself. It's an impossibility. Why do you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says so. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. It's His death on the cross and us believing and putting our faith and trust in Him, and then it's finished according to Christ, not to me. If you trust Christ, that is no self-help salvation that is a belief that you believe that Jesus died and paid the price for your sins. And so self-sufficiency seldom works in our spiritual battles and never works for salvation. You cannot save yourself. Instead of self-help, what we are going to do through these next three messages is we are going to ask God for help. Ask God for help because, aha, is a spiritual experience that brings about a supernatural change. Aha! A supernatural change, something that God does in you. More specifically, aha is a sudden recognition that leads to an honest moment that brings lasting change in your life whether that's a salvation experience, whether as a Christian you just realize, uh, I'm going to follow Jesus and, and make it my life instead of just be religious and attend church. I can go through all, all the, different, the different scenarios. A person's life collides with God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit who comes to live in you, as Michael stated, He now indwells you. Once you put your faith and trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's not my belief either. The Bible teaches that, that He comes to live. You're indwelled by the Spirit of God at the moment that you put your faith and trust in Christ. And so as the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, then this supernatural change starts to take place. And your life collides with the Word of God, the truth of the Scriptures, absolute truth, absolute truth, and no contradictions. I don't care what a professor in college taught you. 
Amen or oh me. Come on, folks. You know, the, the, the Bible is true no matter what. Well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter where you believe it or not, it's still true. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the, in a bar somewhere. You're going to have to get with the program here. Come on now, is this the truth or not? Amen? Amen. All right. So, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, that when your life collides with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, then everything changes in your life. Everything. It may not be immediate. You may struggle with what you struggled with for an extended period of time. And it really depends on you as to what your relationship becomes after your moment of salvation. But the fact of the matter is your lifestyle changes. Uh, I, I, I had an afro. I could tease it out to touch on all three sides of that door. Not that there's anything wrong if you're here this morning with an afro, but mine gradually smalled down. Now my hair not only turned gray, but it turned loose. <laughs> so, you know, but your outlook on life changes. You, you, you have a different outlook on what life is going to be like for you once you put your faith and trust and you have that aha moment that, that, that we talk about. Your, your desires change. Your desires change. Your attitude changes. You're not the same grouch always trying to cause trouble, stirring up all the crap that goes along with that type of attitude. Things change. Your attitude this lady I read this morning could meet with the mother of a terrorist and forgive her son for what had happened. Your attitude changes. Things we do change. I, 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 I don't make any bones about it. I, 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 I'm not trying to glorify sin, but, but I've smoked enough pot to... I just That's who I was. When I quit smoking pot, I started smoking three packs of cools a day because that was the closest thing I could get to pot. But gradually, those things changed in my life. And I realized that, you know, I could do better things with my money. I didn't want to die young with cancer. You know, and, and, and I can just go on and on and on. But things change your perspective. You have a complete Spiritual transformation. And aha, I, I can't fully explain it, but there is a sense in which it has to be experienced to be understood. You have an aha moment, and I need Jesus in my life. I need the 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 change my my marriage my family my life is a wreck i spend more time at the bar than i do at home with my kids that's weird you know all those things that you, you just you have a transformation you start to you start to think about things different why because the holy spirit of god lives inside of you and he speaks to you my grandma used to sing, he walks with me and talks with me. I thought that was the silliest thing ever was till I experienced it. So it's easily understood when you've experienced it rather than it is for me to try to explain it to you. 
So it is through stories that Aha has best captured. Jesus gave us one of those stories, and you'll find it in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And these messages for the next three weeks are pulled from the parable Jesus gave us on the prodigal son. I'm only going to read the first five or six verses, verses 11 through 17a, and we'll save the rest of it for the next three weeks. But let's follow along in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 17a. And he's, Jesus has been telling stories about a lost coin, and now he goes to a lost son. And he says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. He wanted his inheritance now. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young son <laughs> got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. He's pretty bad off. And no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, and I'm going to stop right there, and there's two things you need to pick up on in this story. Number one, the distant country. He went to a distant country. And number two, he came to his senses. I tell a story of a young man set right here on this stage, in fact, and he told it himself, so I'm not repeating something in confidence. I'll save the name to protect the innocent. <laughs> uh, he had an ongoing struggle with alcohol and drugs. Been in and out of the jail, arrested many t multiple times. Um, been convicted of, of three or four different crimes. Uh, he had stolen and wrecked his dad's vehicle uh, multiple times. Not just once, but multiple times. And in and out of trouble, and in and out of many self-help programs and rehabs. He'd been to 12 steps uh, through AA, and I could just go on and on and on of the different rehab programs he'd been in and out of. And he, 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 he told this story. They would help for a season. And, 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 and then... Just all of a sudden, he'd fall off the wagon, something would trigger it, and he's right back where he was before. And he told the story that primarily it was always one of three things. The people, the places, or the things that I was involved in. Or I'd go back to the old way. And he, he for some reason or another, he said, I really don't know how it happened. He said, but... Um, I went to a Bible-believing church. Somebody invited me in Charleston, West Virginia. I, I, I know the church and the pastor well. Uh, in fact, one of the guys that used to work for me was, uh, attends there. Great, great church. And he trusted Christ. 
got under conviction one Sunday morning and trusted Christ. And months later, uh, he staggered in here, <laughs> literally, one Sunday morning. And God got a hold of his heart. He had an aha moment. And he, we baptized him in the old building. We had a, a round, above-ground swimming pool looking of a thing. And, and he got baptized. And, but he was still struggling, in and out, in and off, on and off the wagon. And, and finally, he broke into his neighbor's house and stole a Wii gaming station. Just so happens that that neighbor that whose house he broke into was a policeman. And they pressed charges against him. And he spent, he was, he was sentenced to seven years in the big house for stealing the Wii. Seven years. He served four of those years. And immediately upon arriving in Chillicothe, Michael and I went to see him multiple times, many, many times. But he told in that story, immediately he started attending a Bible study and he had an aha moment, an awakening. And the truth of God's word opened his eyes. And what he had been doing, looking to alcohol and drugs for him, the Holy Spirit finally helped him to do. He developed a relationship with Christ. And he was never the same. He left the distant country. Never to return. I've seen some beautiful pictures yesterday or today uh, on Facebook of him. doesn't live in this area anymore. No more drugs to cope. No more alcohol to deaden the pain of what his previous life had cost him. Holy Spirit-led living in a new life. The distant country where he had squandered his wealth. In wild living, he placed behind him. The recipe for aha begins with that awakening. The light comes on. The light comes on. I don't care if you're backslidden, been out of church. There will come an aha moment that the light will come on to you. I don't care if you've walked away from church, walked away from God, He's still pursuing you. The reason I know that because I spent 20 years in the wilderness between pastoring one place and coming here. Never went in church in 20 years. I wouldn't go for a funeral or a wedding. God continued to pursue me. And in that old building over there one Sunday morning, I had an aha moment. The light come on. The recipe for aha begins with an awakening. 
It's a God-given moment that changes everything when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and, it, and, and, and you have an awakening. I'm headed for the distant country or I may be in the distant country. And God's Word, the Holy Spirit, turns the light on to you. This kid had walked away from his father and in, in one area or another, everyone in this room, we all are in a distant country from time to time. We walk away from the father. And let me tell you, sin is always the vehicle that we use that takes us to the distant country. Every time. Running away from God that doesn't exist. We run away from a God that doesn't exist. It's what we believe God to be, but it's not who God is. We think He's an unreasonable Father thinking we are going to miss out on things. God has this list of rules, do's and don'ts, I call them, that takes all the fun out of life. He's an unreasonable father. We see God's boundaries as a fence that imprisons us instead of guardrails that protect us. He's unreasonable. Or we see Him as unpleasable. God's standards are so high. Nothing I can ever be, do, be good enough. I've been, uh, you don't understand how bad I've been. His, uh, his expectations are unattainable. So why stick around or even try? That's about what most of our high school graduates think of whenever they leave, evidently. He's unpleasable. I can't live that way. He's unreasonable. I, 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 all the fun out of life. He's unmerciful. You find God as an angry God who is borderline abusive. Think of your parents that way too, huh? Been there, done that. I got my driver's license. And the day I drove off, never returned home. 16th birthday. Unmerciful. God's angry. He's abusive. Finds pleasure in distributing punishment. <laughs> He's waiting on me to slip up. Is that the way you look at God? He's an uncaring father. God wasn't there whenever I needed him most. You don't understand. I lost a loved one. It's part of life. Sin is what causes disease. The Garden of Eden is where it all originated. Oh, but you don't understand. An angry God. He, he's just uncaring. You don't know what He did to my family during a hurricane. I've heard that one before. God didn't do anything. Go read the story of Job and see what that looks like. Whatever
causes you to leave the Father for the distant country, you will inevitably find yourself in a place desperate in need of help. I'm mad. I'm leaving church. I was saved when I was 10 years old, and I'm tired of this tomfoolery. You'll find yourself in desperate need of help. He found himself in desperate need of help. He's willing to eat the pig food. He had squandered everything he had. Half of the father's wealth. And you'll find yourself in kind of help that you can't give. You can't help yourself when it gets that bad. You think you can. I can handle this. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Twenty years I spent in that shape. Almost twenty-one. Saved as a nineteen-year-old kid. Assistant pastor at a church for seven and a half years. Circumstances led to resigning beyond my control. Circumstances led to resigning. Angry at God. Bitter over what had taken place. Couldn't help myself. It took an aha moment. It took an aha moment for the light to come on. Even though we turn our back and walk away, God is still, you mark this down, a loving, merciful, gracious, caring, forgiving God who wants to help his children or save the lost one. He is not mad at you this morning. He misses you. And stands like this father with open arms waiting for you to come home. He came to his senses. The alarm went off. He had a sudden awakening. The sudden awakening takes place when God gets your attention. He became aware of his situation. He was desperate. He lived in luxury in the Father's house. Didn't want for anything. He left for a distant country. Squandered his wealth. And he had an awakening. He was hungry. He even went to work in a pig field, a pig farm. His circumstances had gotten so bad, and a reality sets in. Something must change in my life. 
I'm going to be divorced if this doesn't get better. I'm going to lose my job if I don't quit laying hungover and get to work on time. Going to find me dead in a gutter somewhere. I can go on and on and on. We all can relate. I'm in a distant country. Something's got to change. We realize what our life has become and that we could never imagine it would come to this. He knew things had to change. And you know when things have to change. Sometimes you'll come to the stark reality I'm going to spend eternity in hell. I'm not saved. I'm miserable. And I want everybody around me to be miserable. I'm doing things that I know better than to do. I've had a drug conviction. I've had a DUI. I've lost my job. I've went through a divorce. I've left the church where people cared about me. Spend way too much time away from my family. I never attend church. I never give. I don't serve. Oh, well, I go on Easter, though. I went to Christmas last year. I remember I, I, I went and seen one of my kids get baptized. Wow. Sooner or later, the distant country, the alarm goes off. In Luke 15, he didn't hear the alarm until he made it to the pig pen. Are you in a distant country? Have you made it to the pig pen? Do you hear the alarm going off? Many years ago, I lived by myself and I had trouble getting up early. I had this alarm clock. I brought it this morning. Ever seen one of those? <laughs> That's ancient, huh? <laughs> I love this old alarm clock. I never use it anymore. I got that thing. I took that thing by my bed and... Time and time again, I'd sleep right through it. <laughs> I, I worked as an engineer at that time, very young, and um, on a riverboat. And that boat, which docked in South Point or Canova, uh, left every morning at 7 o'clock on time. 
and the pilot, who's a friend of mine, I talked to him this week. Tim had called, he'd say, are you on your way yet? I'd say, yeah, I'll be there in about five minutes, and I'm still in bed in Crown City. <laughs> he woke me up with the phone. Man. Huh. Fifteen minutes later, where are you? I, I stopped to get us a biscuit. I'll be there. Huh. Time and time again through the alarm. Alarm, alarm, alarm. How many alarms you slept through? You know how I got it fixed? I took that right there and set that across the room and put it in there. And the agony... Of the realization I couldn't get to it without getting out of bed to turn it off. I didn't slip through it much after that. That's a true story. <laughs> Sweetly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Same alarm. I just put it in a pan across the room. He didn't hear the alarm when he selfishly asked his father for his inheritance. He didn't hear the alarm when in a few weeks, raging weekends of sin... He didn't hear the alarm when his billfold was getting lighter and he wasn't working and his father's money was running out. He didn't hear the alarm when famine came and he didn't have any food. He didn't hear the alarm even when he took a job as a pig sitter. It's hard to read that story and not ask yourself, how did he sleep through the alarm? How many alarms have you been given? Are you sleeping through the alarms? Are you in the pig pen? Are you saved but backslidden to the point you're sleeping through the alarms? Are you lost and destined for hell sleeping through the alarms? Is the Holy Spirit speak to you and plead to you to rededicate your life and you've ignored him. To get involved, join a good Bible-believing church, 
Are you sleeping through the alarms? Has he asked you to get baptized and you've never done it? You've never made that public profession of faith? We all sleep through alarms. Has he asked you to put your faith and trust in Christ and pleaded with you? You just keep ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. Get that phone call. Are you on your way yet? The Holy Spirit spoke to you about your need. Do you need to come to your senses this morning? Having a aha. The light comes on. Folks, that's not this preacher. That's the Holy Spirit of God pleading with you to do what's best for you, not what's best for me, for this church. God loves you. God sent His Son to die for you. And if you're lost in this room, He's giving you another opportunity. And if you're backslidden and cold and indifferent, saved, secure, but in a bad place, he's turned the light on this morning. And I pray you respond accordingly. Let's stand.